Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is August 28th, 2023. It is Monday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by the Weed Witches Journal. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is Love yourself enough to set boundaries. Your time and energy are precious. You get to choose how you use it. You teach people how to treat you by deciding what you will and won't accept by Anna Taylor. So we are skipping our tea segment this week because I just need a little tea break. I'm teed out. That's all. It's also hot. And you have to have forethought when you make iced tea and I didn't and here we are. So. Moving right into some headlines, this comes to us from Yahoo, and it actually, hmm. all right, so this article comes to us from yahoo.com, and it was published July 2023, are black cats really bad luck? We claw through the myth. Ooh, love it. If you name some spooky symbols of Halloween, you're sure to mention witches, jack-o'-lanterns, bats, ghosts, and of course, black cats. With spiky arched backs and glowing green eyes, they certainly add to any spooky scene if they creep around your Halloween decorations. Perhaps you or someone you know truly fears black cats, but have you ever wondered why? That fear may stem from the black cat myth that they may do you harm. It has persisted through centuries, so you're not alone, and it becomes a point of conversation, especially when Halloween rolls around. So why not face your fear head on and finally ask the question, are black cats really bad luck? Once you know the history, you may not be so spooked after all. In fact, one might just bring you good fortune. The biggest link between black cats and Halloween has to do with who are often seen as the owners of such creatures, witches. In medieval Europe, the Christian church increased in popularity, causing society to cast out pagan religions. Witches became symbols of evil, and because of their beliefs in the natural world, the connection to domesticated animals, like cats, became suspect. In fact, many believed witches themselves could transform into black cats as disguised. So while associated specifically with black cats, it's not entirely known. Black is often considered a symbol of death and mourning. It maybe ultimately have been an image of the time that solidified a link between witches and black cats. So it does look like they're actually missing some of the history. So the reason black cats got associated with witches, so yes, they were right. Black cats are associated with witches, therefore black cats are bad luck and spooky. 
However, why are they associated with witches? So this went back to one of the first uh, group witch arrests. And it was a group in Orleans, France, more specifically. And essentially it was um, one of, it was definitely one of the first witch things. Um, it wasn't the first witch hunt. That was uh, Alice Heisler and her friends. I think it was the first time a group was put on a group was put on trial for witchcraft. And during the shenanigans, there just so happened to be a black cat present. And that is um, at least what uh, the historian who I whose book I read, that's what he believes. So does black cats mean bad luck? If you believe Pope Gregory the ninth from 1233, black cats symbolize Satan. <laughs> and are therefore bad luck. You know, all right. Yep, that's how long the myth has endured. It is connected to superstitions of the Catholic Church and the sanctioned witch hunts to weed out heretics that cross them. Okay, so they do kind of touch on it. And while many humans perished for this bewitching connection, that's a great way to say brutally murdered, perished, for this bewitching connection, so many, so did many cats. Oh, the cats didn't do nothing. In fact, cats were eventually blamed for the bubonic plague because they were considered evil. Oh. Oh, it's interesting to note that killing cats for this reason completely backfired and it actually made the plague worse because of the rats. So, not all societies or religions believe that black cats were evil. In fact, many believe that black cats are good luck. Take ancient Egypt, for example. Cats were revered because of their resemblance to the goddess Bastet. Some were even buried along their owners to be with them in the afterlife. In Japan, they are also considered signs of good luck and prosperity. So now that you know they symbolize both, it's up to you to decide which one is correct. So what happens if a black cat crosses your path? If a black cat comes your way, your fate is determined by what you've decided. Are they bad luck or good luck? Um, I think us witches just really tend to like animals. In all kinds of ways. I tend to really only like my animals. <laughs> I'm one of those people. I love my pets. Um, but I get really, really sad when things happen to pets, uh, other people's pets. It makes me very sad. Um, so I, I'll say good luck. I've always wanted a black cat. So, yeah. I love it. Um, I think if we just go back to the fact that getting rid of cats made the plague worse, you want cats around. Less plague. You know? All right, witches. I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Monday, August 28th. The waxing gibbous moon moves from goal-oriented Capricorn to rabble-rousing Aquarius today. Here, the moon trines Mars and conjuncts Pluto. The Mars-Pluto trine gives us an almost obsessive burst of power, goading us to lean into our goals and really push to accomplish. With Mars in detriment in Libra, we might hold ourselves back while we wait to get a consensus. It is important to get buy-in, but you can't hold back progress forever. Give yourself a timeline. If folks aren't able to get it together and get in line, don't be afraid to move ahead without them. Your daily moon mantra is, don't wait for opportunities, create them. 
This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. In the Black Mountain region, Fullmouth is a town of women and children. When local mothers start dying, the town is panicked. At first, the citizens believe the deaths are suicides, yet 15-year-old Pearl is unconvinced. Pearl has known visions her whole life has known the feeling of when the darkness shifts inside her and her power comes to the surface. But having recently moved to Fullmouth, the supernatural is suddenly magnified. She now finds herself able to commune with ghosts. She sees visions of how mothers will die. Relying on these powers, Pearl faces a daunting foe and the responsibility of saving the town. The only question is, will she be too late? Built on history, folk tradition, and witchcraft, The Swallows is a horror novel that explores a small town's connection to the spiritual world and the families that fill it. The Swallows by Kristen Clanton is available wherever books are sold. All right, so we are back. So if you remember a few weeks ago, one of our listeners, April, wanted to kind of have a segment on familiars and animal magic however if we really dig into the history of familiars which is what we did it really isn't that conducive to animal magic so i decided to split it up i was like well let's talk about the history of familiars and kind of what the belief of familiars are and then we'll do another episode where we talk about animals and those sort of things so In September, we're going to do a whole series on animal magic, but April said, I love the talk on familiars. Sounds very much like the concept of fetches in Irish folklore or philia in Norse mythology. So I was like, well, I kind of know about fetches, but not a ton. And I've never really heard of philia, which I need to check the pronunciation on. But I want to learn about that. So let's learn about it together. All right. So first we're starting with Philja, which I did look up. So in Norse mythology, Philja is a supernatural being or spirit which accompanies a person in connection to their fate or fortune. So this is from Wikipedia. The word Philja means to accompany, similar to that of fetch in Irish folklore. It can also mean afterbirth of a child, but um, we're not going to talk about that one. (laughs) In some instances, the philja can take on the form of an animal that shows itself when a baby is born or as the creature that eats the afterbirth. In some literature and sagas, the philja can take form of mice, dogs, foxes, cats, birds of prey, or carrion eaters because they were animals that would uh, typically eat that sort of thing. Now, other ideas of philja are that the animals reflect the character of the person they represent, akin to um, what people in indigenous cultures would kind of say as like a totem. So men who were viewed as a leader would often have a philja to show their true character. This means that if they had a tame nature, their philja would represent or would typically be an ox, goat, or boar. If they had an untamed nature, this feels very romance novel, like where there's wolves. Um, They would have a philja such as fox, wolf, deer, bear, eagle, falcon, leopard, lion, or serpent. 
So the animal Filja is said to appear in front of its owner, often in dreams, and offers portents of events to come. As such, it is a representation of the future itself, not the character of the person. Like a person's fate, the Filja is not changeable, nor can it improve or act on its own. Is this supposed to be like <laughs> the Harry Potter Patronus? That's like the vibes I'm getting. So Filja may also mark transformations between humans and animals or shape-shifting. In Eigel's saga, there are references to both Eigel and Skalgrim transforming into wolves or bears. And there are examples of shape-shifting in the saga of King Kraki, um, where he turns into a bear during a battle. So these transformations are possibly implied in the saga descriptions uh, of people who turn into bears or animals. So it's very fascinating. I can definitely see this getting really hardcore wrapped in into some novels. For sure. So, now we have the fetch in Irish folklore. So, let's dig into this. So, one of this is from emeraldisle.ie. One of the oldest legends in Ireland is that of the fetch, the ghost of the living, which some say comes down from the ancient Irish word for seer or prophet. It is a double spirit one that takes on an identical appearance of someone as an omen of their impending death, if seen in the evening or as a promise of good fortune if seen in the morning, although the latter may be optimistic. So the fetch might have the marks of the impending death. So if someone was about to die in a fire, the fetch may be burned um, or have a horrible appearance. Or if they are to have a heart attack, it might be clutching their chest Sometimes it can be seen only by the one it imitates. Sometimes it can be seen by everyone except the person it imitates. Often it is gray and shadowy when seen from the corners of the eye and is described as being airy in substance or not all there. So the fetch can also appear after a person has died, walking among their loved ones, although seeming to be distant or distracted. If followed for a while, it will vanish into the dark corners behind trees. So if you see yourself walking along beside yourself and haven't had a drop to drink, be extra careful. For the fetch has come calling. Now, so that is more genuine Irish folklore. Now, how does it relate to witchcraft or, I mean, truly Wicca is kind of the religion that has kind of claimed this? as a witchcraft thing. So, uh, it's actually called a summoner in Wicca. The summoner, and it's according to Wikipedia, the summoner, sometimes called a fetch, is a position in many traditional Wiccan covens. The primary, or at least most evident function of the summoner, is to call other coven members to a meeting or ritual, the summoner is also responsible for all inter-coven communication and traditionally is the only coven member who will know where other covens reside. Uh, this tradition is generally not followed today, and there is argument about what extent it was ever followed. In many covens, the summoner is usually a male and is considered a masculine equivalent of a maiden. Historically, the summoner was the person who would let members know about the covens and who would find new members in the community. I thought that was really fascinating. 
and that uh, some sources on that is Raven Gramassi, um, the Encyclopedia of Wicca and Witchcraft. Very fascinating. Now, the further you dig into this, if we're if we're moving away from folklore and history, the further away we move away from that, the further we move into the idea that fetches are familiars, and um, it just gets a little convoluted, I think. And then we're seeing this thing where, uh, which was really popular, especially in like the forties and fifties, where, uh. Certain witchcraft revivalists really just kind of took elements that seemed kind of really interesting and fascinating from history or, uh, you know, of that nature and kind of just fit it into their spirituality and religion. And we see that, I think, again, with familiars and fetches and things like that. So both of these things are a little bit more steeped in spirits lore i think fetch is less associated with magic than familiar because uh familiars were there to assist witches it just wasn't typically an animal it was typically going to be the spirit of someone you know who had passed so it's really fascinating this is actually really fascinating i'm really loving that we're just kind of unearthing more and more elements that and it's wild. I've been seeing this more and more. You guys are just getting me thinking, okay? So I have started reading a book, and I won't say which tradition. It is based on a tradition of Wicca. I'm reading it for funsies, for knowledge reasons. And I am noticing there tends to be a very common thing that we're seeing and we're seeing it here with the familiar fetch conversation. I see it there in that book where something that does have historical ground and historical lore is kind of adopted into these England-based witchcraft traditions. You know what I mean? It's very interesting. And I'm not against it. Let's be honest. If I start my own religion, the banshee is going to be important. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I am saying it can get confusing for people, right? It can kind of confuse people on what is historical, what is not historical, what is uh, spiritual based, what is not, uh, what is just adopted as symbolism versus what was actually done. Uh, but it's really fascinating. I, I feel like there could be a whole book on this. I don't want to write it, though, so someone else get on that. But I, I definitely, I think there could be a whole book on here's a bunch of stuff that we associate with modern day witchcraft and paganism and Wicca. And did that just come about because someone creating a religion thought it was a cool or they had a special interest in it? Or was that actually something that was done? Because familiars, we know, did have a basis in kind of historical witchcraft. But I'm not sure we're seeing that with fetches or the filja. Very fascinating. Very, very fascinating. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. If someone has... If somebody has a source on this that can, act, that can really connect them, I would love to see it. 
And like a primary source, you know, not a book about traditional or not traditional uh, witchcraft based in the tradition. You know what I mean? Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Thoughts. I'm curious. Yeah. I feel like they're probably, they're I, I might just be missing information, but I am seeing more and more and more and more and more, um, these things that maybe historically have nothing to do with witchcraft is kind of being adopted into witchcraft. Hmm. Thoughts, thoughts. Okay, witches. Look at us learning together. We're 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 all so smart. <laughs> Honestly, someone's gonna email me like a scathing email and be like, "You're wrong about everything." I have the proof from the magus, and I'll be like, "All right, all right, I was wrong. I'm sorry." I'm just reading what is. I'm just reading these things. All right, witches. <laughs> we you know we learn together. We fail together. Who can say? All right, so we are wrapping up this episode of The Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout-out to listener Christy Hendrickson. Christy, you esoteric, scrumptious Loch Ness monster. Kim Bowes, you hospitable, glorious Wendigo. Vanessa, you golden, luminous vampire slayer. And Portia Bishop, you splendid, celestial woodland fairy. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And before we leave, we do have a card pull. Our card today is Rescue from the Dark Magic Oracle. Sometimes you may be tempted to help another by making things easy for them. A friend might have no money, so you give it. A classmate may not know the answer to a test, so you help them. Be wary of these quick fixes. They do not honor your journey that the other is on. Oh, they do not honor the journey the other is on. And daily practices. Wear amethyst for healing and divine inspiration. Drink Earl Grey tea for strength and compassion. Light a white candle and visualize the golden light of the flame forming a sphere of protection, helping you be your best and strongest self throughout the day. All right, witches, that is all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we talked about today can be found in the episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. All right. Bye. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>